Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In our gospel today, Jesus and his disciples had climbed up a mountain in the desert near the Sea of Galilee. And it was the hot time of year. And unlike the feeding of the 5,000, which had happened earlier, there are no references to any lush green grass anywhere to sit on. Not in this miracle. But still, the people, they all flock to Christ to bring their sick and to hear his word. And many of them had come from great distances, men and women, children, and little babies too. And even in the heat, amid the desert surroundings, the first day passed quickly in hearing the word of everlasting life. And the evening came, and apparently no one made plans to go home. In fact, in order to hear Christ again on the next day, they were content with camping out on the hard ground under the open sky. And then even on the second day, they would not leave Christ. And they held on to the third. Amidst the hearing of God's word, they seemed to somehow lose track of time. And provisions, too. And it's the Lord who seems to first take notice of their need. This week, the Larson family is fresh off of a camping trip. We're up in Copper Falls. So the lesson is not totally lost on me. Because whatever you thought to bring, your cooler, your food, and your drinks, that whole situation dries up pretty quick. It looks very different after three days than what you set out on the first. So despite how frugal those families surrounding Jesus may have been, their provisions were running low, coming to to an end, and soon they would have no food. From the text, it looks like Jesus anticipates their need before they. He calls his disciples to him and says, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint along the way. And some have come from far away. But I want you to notice that Jesus is not merely merely content to express his concern because he commands those thousands of people to sit down And they cheerfully obey as if they are all sitting down to an empty table. And our Lord, he takes seven loaves and a few fish in his hands. The very hands into which the Father had given everything. And he gives thanks. He breaks the bread. And he gives it to the disciples to set before the people. And before they could comprehend what was happening, that desert became a little oasis in their midst. That empty table became filled, laden with all the gifts of God. And they ate and were satisfied. Folks, it's a beautiful miracle. And there's really no need to overcomplicate or over-spiritualize what's happening here. God provides for their every need. Just as God provides for your every need. He richly and daily provides you with all that you need to support this body and life. 
and he will give to you without stopping. Concerning our gospel text this morning, first off, I'd like to deal with something obvious. Because the text plainly says that 4,000 folks, not counting women and children, journey into a desert and patiently listen to a three-day sermon. That's worth thinking about. Because exactly how many folks do you know eager to sign up for a three-day sermon? And how many pastors do you know eager to give one? And furthermore, how many trustees and elders would let him in the first place? But for those crowds surrounding Jesus, the interesting thing is they're not checking their watches, folks. They're not complaining. They love it. In fact, in all of Holy Scripture, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find an example of a people more zealous for God's Word than the folks here. It is a stunning and beautiful picture, an example of faith in the gospel and the word of grace. Because they risk all to be in the presence of the Lord. They risk everything. They journey forth taking their loved ones and their sick and their troubles to sit at the feet of Jesus, to hear his word and to bask in the love of God. They embody the words of Moses who remind the the Israelites that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. But also in this miracle, Jesus affirms something else that's obvious. That Christians need to eat. And that God, our Father in heaven, is not just interested in our souls, but he's deeply interested in our stomachs as well. And while no sustenance can equal the Lord's Supper and the sacrament of the altar, it's worth pointing out, even if you don't like it, that our teacher Martin Luther in his catechism, he doesn't focus on that. In fact, he doesn't even mention it, at least not here. In our catechisms, we have an explanation of what exactly constitutes daily bread. And I'd like you to patiently listen in to what's in view here, because the list is long. What is daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Consider the scope there of what Luther calls daily bread. All the things necessary for creaturely life and human flourishing, Luther, he didn't want us to go over-spiritualizing the whole thing here. And we should carefully learn from here and from the feeding of the 4,000 that it is not beneath our dignity to pray boldly for creaturely comforts, even though we are so anxious or shy of doing so. Maybe those things seem too mundane or 
somehow less spiritual to us, even though they are not. But we must pray for them. You are graciously invited to pray to God for good weather, to enjoy. You're invited to pray for a good reputation, that folks would think well of you, even though none of us deserves it. To pray to God for good friends and neighbors, all of these things are necessary for a good life, for human flourishing. And we should not be shy to ask for them all because God wants to give them all to us by grace. Praying and asking for daily bread and everything that is included here is a recognition of our complete and total dependence on the goodness and grace of God. It is a confession that God is the giver of all good gifts, also that we can respond with a life of service and thanksgiving and praise to God. In the Garden of Eden, our first reading today, our first parents, they received food freely from the gracious hand of God. Think about it. First words of God to man come right out of that text today. You may freely eat, says the Lord. But you know that after the fall, food would be received only through toil, labor. The curse declared, by the sweat of your brow you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. Or as our epistle had it this morning, the wages of sin is death. Dear friends, those 4,000 and all those folks out in the wilderness is ultimately a picture of sinful man. Of all humanity living under the curse of the fall. And that means it's also a picture of you. You may think this world is pulsating with life, but it's all a mirage. The scriptures speak of life in this world apart from the work and ministry of Jesus as a desert, a wilderness, a waterless place where sinners experience the searing heat of a burning conscience and guilt before God in heaven. But you see, when Jesus steps in as our preacher, just like among the crowds in our gospel today, well then things, they begin to change. When Jesus is present in our midst, there is refreshment. In the words of Isaiah, at the presence of Jesus, he prophesied that the desert and parched land would become glad, that the wilderness would rejoice and blossom. And at the words of Jesus, that there is life and salvation and enjoyment and refreshment and relief from a burning conscience through baptism and the forgiveness of sins. You see, into this wilderness world came Jesus the Messiah. And he came to restore the whole creation. And we can see that by having compassion on the weary multitudes, he is renewing the bounty of Eden freely granting an abundance of bread for the 4,000. So also our Lord Jesus on the cross, he endured the burden of our sin and was raised on the third day to restore paradise. In fact, to bring to us something far greater in the new creation where there is resurrection and perfect communion with the God of love.
Jesus now miraculously turns the bread of death into the bread of life in the sacrament, giving you his very body and blood for your forgiveness, for your refreshment and restoration as sons and daughters of God. Dear friends, the same Jesus who fed the multitudes, who did that miracle before the, the 4,000 and more, he also has his eye on each and every one of you. He numbers the hairs on your head. He knows your every need, including your stomachs. He says to you, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Apostle Paul reminds you, he who did not spare his own son, but graciously gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? All things. In other words, hey, if God can be trusted with the big stuff, like dealing with all of your sins, like raising your body in the last day, like destroying the power of death in your life, how can you possibly doubt that he can deal with all the small stuff as well and every little creaturely comfort that you'll ever face? How slow our hearts are to believe it. The psalmist prays, the eyes of all look to you, O Lord, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. And we pray, Lord God, Heavenly Father, bless us in these your gifts, which we receive from your bountiful goodness. Dear Christians, from the altar to your kitchen table, the Lord, he's got you covered. How slow we can be to realize this, but how graciously Jesus continues to provide without stopping both with his word of forgiveness and with his daily bread that he loves to provide you. May we all learn to live just like that crowd in the feeding of the 4,000. May we all learn to live wanting nothing more than to be in the presence of Jesus, camping out by his word and holy sacraments, and learning to trust in him always in every need. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.